wrestling fans of all ages, shapes, sizes, genders, and everything in between. It is time to go to war and be the cure for the Common Wrestling Podcast. Welcome to the revolution. Buzz, buzz, guys. My name is Kate Murphy. What's going on, everybody? This is Will Tarashek, the founder of the Kings of the Rings podcast. What's going on, guys? It is I, the one and only Quiet Riot himself, Zach, your host of the Young Lions Perspective. What's up, guys? This is the Monday Night Delight. Greetings, one and all. This is your Prime Minister speaking, your favorite Canadian Mr. Fretz. Hey, what's up, you guys? This is Nate the and Great from the Game Changer Podcast. If you're looking for a network that keeps wrestling real, then you've come to the right place because you're listening to you are listening to you are listening to you are listening, then you are listening. Get ready for a war because you're listening to what is going on, everybody. This is King Ricky Rose, your general manager, and you are listening to Wrestle Addict Radio. Now, enjoy the show. Are you ready? From the Gift of Podcast Studios, it's The Delight Show! And here's your host, Matt Chapel. Thank you, thank you everyone, thank you so much. Welcome to The Delight Show. My name is the Monday Night Delight Man's Chapel. It is a pleasure to have you here. Thank you. On this week's show, we're going to talk about Impact from the 23rd of November, 2006, Halloween, not Halloween, Thanksgiving night. We've got notes from SmackDown, some of it. I, I watched it. I don't remember SmackDown. Um, I remember bits and pieces. And we're going to talk about last week's AEW. Um, didn't know if AEW was going to be tonight uh, as it was, but it is going to be tonight from... Uh, with the NBA playoffs finishing up, I believe, Monday, we will have AEW tonight. Let's look at AEW from last week. Jungle Boy and Luchasaurus uh, versus Pentagon and Ray Phoenix to start the show. Um, match was great. It's always great. Um, the story, though, is that the reason why Jurassic Express won is that Phoenix... Came off the top rope to hit the code red on Jungle Boy. Jungle Boy moved, and Phoenix, out of control, hit the code red on Pentagon. And then Jungle Boy rolled up Pentagon for the win. First of all, the fact that you can go out of control and just hit that move is crazy. But okay, we'll we'll let that be. Secondly, and perhaps more importantly, is that they get into the story of Eddie Kingston's little group trying to get together or already falling apart, however you want to look at it. Um, Penton Phoenix, they're fighting afterwards. They're shoving. Eddie Kingston comes out and says, listen, I'm here for you both. You're my best friends. You have to have each other's back. You guys had Pack, but he's not here now, which, okay. If we're getting Eddie Kingston and Pack, I, I, I'm cool with that. I don't know when we're going to get it. Probably not going to get it till what? Full gear at the earliest? Revolution, maybe? At the, regardless, if we get Pack and Eddie Kingston, that'll be, a, that'll be a match to see. Eventually, he gets everyone to make up. They hug. They're all together. And uh, then he goes on to say he was never actually eliminated from the Casino Battle Royal. And if we don't believe him, we can read the rules. And I believe what happened in the Casino Battle Royal is that Eddie Kingston actually went between the ropes... Then he got taken to the top rope and chucked off. 
And his story is that he never went over the top rope. But he went up to the top and got thrown off. And technically, he his shoulders were over the top rope when he went up on that turnbuckle and then was thrown down. He has a case for it. Uh, I'm okay with us getting uh, Moxley and Kingston as well as Mar- Moxley and Archer as we go on. But, um, yeah, uh, that that's the story going forward there. There's highlights from All Out. Lance Archer and, and Jake Roberts kind of promo said that he's, they're going to take the title off of Moxley. Matt Hardy comes out, says that he is alive. Uh, he thanks everyone who's watching at home and in the building. Says he took a scary fall, but he is grateful for everyone showing love and support to the fans. He's had a myriad of tests, and he'll make a full recovery. Hey there, garbage truck. Every single time I try and do the Blessed Delight Show. Um, so this is a weird story. Did Matt Hardy have a concussion? His wife says yes, and last week I said I was inclined to believe his wife. Everyone backstage at AEW says no, and I'm kind of inclined to believe them too. But that's not to say I don't believe Remy. So, what's the true story here? I don't really know. More than likely, Matt got it, got his bell rung, which isn't exactly a concussion, but it's a pretty good hit. And so the company's sticking to the party line of, well, he didn't technically have a concussion, while Rebby's saying, absolutely, he got knocked bats. But it is what it is. Um, Matt said he might be the dumbest man alive, but he's definitely the luckiest man alive. Rebby is in the crowd with young Bartholomew, with Wolfgang and Maxwell watching at home with Senor Benjamin. Um, he apologized to the fans all out for not being able to, to give the match he wanted to give, and said that... Uh, it's good to be over with Sammy because he he kept getting hurt, essentially. Sammy's a bad worker and I keep getting hurt. He didn't say that, but the context was there. Matt says that once he's clear, he's going to get ranked, and he's going to get his first AEW World Heavyweight Championship. I don't believe you, Matt. I just don't. Um, and AEW, if you're, if you're hearing me, do not put the world title on Matt Hardy. Put the TNT title on Matt Hardy. Fine. Get Matt a tag team partner. Get him a, uh, a tag team title. Great. Hell, let him win the FTW title off of Brian Cage. But do not put the world title on Matt Hardy if you want to see anything, anything better than being called a WWE sucking and TNA ripoff. Because that that's what it would seem like if you put on Matt Hardy. You've already put on one old... WWE guy, you put on one young WWE guy. Let's put the title on Lance Archer, who technically was a WWE guy, but no one actually remembers that. And then let's let's move forward. Orange Cassidy squashed and Helico. It's the first time I've seen Helico in a long time. Um, Santana and Ortiz run in. They attacked Cassidy after the match. The best friend saved Cassidy. And this week on on uh, not Impact on Dynamite, they're going to be having a Parking lot fight because, of course, they destroyed Sue's van. It's one problem I have with AEW. We have these serious blood feuds over titles, and then these four guys are fighting over a van. I don't get it. Alex uh, Marvis tried to talk to the Young Bucks. They kicked him to death. Uh, Tony Giovanni's in the ring with Kip Sabian. Before it says, time to introduce the best man. And it says, okay, we're going we're gonna to bring out the best man right now. Out comes uh, Puff. I don't know who Puff is. I thought it was Pineapple Pete for a minute, I believe. But it wasn't. It wasn't. And then Brian Pillman Jr. came out. And I believe this. This could. This would work. Um, God, Brian Pillman Jr. looks 
like his father. I don't know if you've if you've noticed that. Also, uh, sidebar story here. I used to live up in northern Kentucky. I lived in a little town called Bellevue. Um, one day, while my wife was at work and I was not, I decided I was going to go find the Brian Pillman house out in Walton, Kentucky. It wasn't far away. Um, and with no real basis, I just started driving around Walton, never actually found the house. Would love to have found the house where Brian Pillman supposedly shot at Stone Cold Steve Austin. Uh, sorry, off track. Then he finally introduces the real best man and out comes Miro. Or as I said here in the house, holy shit, it's Rusev. Miro comes out. He is wearing the most hideous outfit I have ever, ever seen. It is Gucci red. It is Mickey Mouse joggers, pajamas, but it's Gucci, Mickey Mouse, and Kanye West boots. And someone did the total up. It's like a three, $4,000 outfit. Good God, Rusev. It's not the money you earn. It's the money you save. And you're not saving crap, are you? Buy some Walmart joggers, bro. And just sock that money away. But Miro comes out. He says for 10 years he kept hitting the same glass ceiling. He had the imagine he, he couldn't grab a brass ring because it was imaginary. And that whoever came up with that idea can shove that brass ring right up their ass. Um, he said that he's not just a best man. He's the best man. Uh, and then he promotes his Twitch. Which, haha, still that's still funny, but one more the rule of threes, you can get away with it one more time. Um, says that elite recognizes elite, and he is all elite. Now, people on the internet have been having a fit over this all week, and I'm gonna I'm gonna have my fit now. I love this. I think Miro's a great fit for AEW. I don't like that he's just being paired as a sidekick to Kip Sabian, and hopefully that won't last very long. But Miro is now in AEW. Yeah, and people would say, well, he's just another WWE guy. Well, so are 40, 50, 60% of the people on this show. I mean, of the people I've mentioned so far on this show, who's not been a former WWE guy? Kip Sabian, Orange Cassidy, you know, the, the few, a few of those guys. But that being said, it, yeah, he's a former WWE guy, but he's still a lot to give. And people will say, oh, he's not going to rise, he's not going to rise up any farther than the mid card like he was in WWE. Okay. Well, he wasn't happy in WWE. It was he's not leaving for more money and more uh, uh well, more money maybe, but he wasn't leaving solely to find himself a place to rise to the top. Maybe may and just just maybe Rusev Miro wanted a place that he could go to wrestle the way he wanted. He was not he would not have to have WWE style matches. Maybe he wanted to go to a place where he could wrestle new and interesting people instead of wrestling the same four or five guys every month. Maybe. Maybe he wanted a contract where he could go to New Japan because as we found out this week, he can go to New Japan on this AEW contact. He can work with indies as long as they're not on television, around the country. And, of course, with his partnership with NWA, he could show up in NWA at any time, which is really where I thought he should have gone. Maybe he just wanted a place where he could be happy and he thinks he can be happy in AEW. Maybe it's not about rising to the top. And maybe it's about he wanted to do better. And if he's happy and he's going to do better and he's going to be able to do the wrestling he wants to do, why is that a problem? Why are we so concerned with the fact that, well, he's not going to get any better? Bullshit. He might get tons better. You watch Miro and you like it. Wrestling fans are the worst kinds of wrestling fans, you know? Nobody hates wrestling more than wrestling fans. Uh, God. 
and of course, there's there's one other group like that. We're going to talk about them a little later. We'll get there. Tony Schiavone interviewed Hangman Page for a long time. And Hangman feels all kinds of guilty about losing the titles, I guess. I don't know. I zoned out. I may have actually made a sandwich during this. Chris Jericho and Jake Hager versus Joey Janela and Sonny Kiss. They made Sonny Kiss look like a million dollars in this match. He took out everybody. He took out Jericho. He took out Hager. And it wasn't until the very end when Jericho had to blast Sonny Kiss with a fire extinguisher so that Jake Hager could hit the Uranage and pin Sonny Kiss. Did it look like Sonny Kiss had, a prop, had any problem dealing with the former world champion and this big muscle-bound brute? Sonny Kiss looked amazing in this. Joey Janela, eh, not so much. But they are building a start of Sonny Kiss, whether they know it or not. And if people get behind Sonny Kiss, I believe AEW will see it and push him higher. Maybe my belief is in bad faith, but I believe that they will. Jericho said uh, uh, All Out was a terrible night for the inner circle. His boots still smell like rotten orange juice. Sammy's home injured. Um, but it's time to turn things around, and he and Hager want the tag title. So Le Sex Gods appears to be dead, and Le Big Brute Guys is, okay, it's a horrible name, but Le All American Americans. Le American Americans. No. Oh, for God. Forgive my French. French? Maybe? Uh, yeah. Forgive that. MJF is in his campaign headquarters. that Moxley cheated it all out, which he did. Um, he fires his campaign staff. He really yells at the girl who's now smiling. Um, he, he says that was Wardlow's fault, but... Wardlow starts to chest up to him and he says, hang on now. You're not hired by AEW. You're hired by MJF. And I hate that idea in wrestling. Of If Wardlow's not on AEW, the AEW's contract, he should not be by their ringside. He should not be out there every week. So if Wardlow is not actually part of AEW, he should not be out there. But according to Storyline, he works for MJF, not the company. So why is he ever getting a chance to wrestle? Um... MJF says that since you work for me, if you have a problem, I will put you out on the street. I am here for the Wardlow face turn. Let's let's get there. We will get there soon. Moxley cut a promo, said that uh, he had just one thing to say about uh, about Lance Archer winning the Battle Royal, and that was "son of a bitch," because the road gets no easier for the champion. But he said, "Do you really want to bet against me right now?" So we're, we're going to get there. Uh, Tully Blanchard and FDR in the ring for a celebration. This is where I will talk about how to fix AEW. This segment right here is exactly the problem with AEW Tower Top. They sometimes forget they're supposed to be different and then fall in the same traps of older promotions. Not just WWE, not just WCW, not just TNA, but they fall into these old traps where they take time to do Complete garbage. What came out of this segment except for Luchasaurus eating cake? You know, they 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 fought with with Jurassic Express. It was terrible. You take this skit out. Pull this skit out. So later on we have a Tenara Conti Nyla Rose match, and that's great. But you take this skit out and you put in I'm trying to think who's not injured right now. Throw in a Penelope Ford and Mel versus Ivelisse and, and Diamante, or Ivelisse and Sheeta, match, a tag team match. Get four more women in the, the five to ten minutes you took for this segment. Or you cut down that Hangman Page promo. You take out 
You cut down the time of Moxley or Roberts. These are short vignettes. You can get those out in a minute, maybe 90 seconds. And you build little segments. You, know, you take little bits of segments here and there to build time to put in like Scorpio Sky or or Pineapple Pete or you know, any uh, the the um, the private party. Get yourself some women and your 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 women, your non-heteronormative and your uh, people of color on this show and make yourself actually be different, which is what you promised us in the first place. This is this was literally just a bunch of dudes fighting over a cooler. And I'm trying to think who was out here that wasn't that I mean, these were all tag teams. So this was just a waste of time and effort to get to, hey, let's all beat up FTR and destroy their cake. I didn't like it. Uh, Nyla Rose versus Tay Everton Conti. This actually a little clunky. Tay's a little green, and I've always said this about Tay. But Tay was allowed to wrestle her style match with her skills with Nyla Rose, and they put on a pretty decent AEW women's match. Does it? Yeah, it pales in comparison to what you get if you put Bailey and Sasha in a ring. I understand that, but for AEW, this is one of their better matches. Rose is getting to be a great monster heel. I guess Tay Conti's going to be a babyface. I thought she was joining the Dark Order, um, but when she locked in that knee bar or the arm bar on. Uh, on Rose, it really looks like she was going to beat her. And then Nyla Rose, monster that she is, powers out and hits the beast bomb and escapes the choke and pins her. That's beautiful. It's great. You're building up a monster. And then you have uh, Nyla Rose attack Conti and Sheeta runs down with the Kindle stick, meaning that it might be time to actually have that Sheeta-Nyla Rose rematch that that we've not had forever. Great. You're, you did story. Thank you. You the story with women's division. Do more like that and make your women's division greater. The announcers uh, say that the Bucks have been fined for destroying Alex Marvez. Uh, another interview with Omega, um, but Omega says essentially this one's shorter. And Omega says it's time for me to be a single star. I'm done being a tag star. I want to be a singles wrestler. I want singles championships. This is why I don't think Moxley is going to lose that title to Archer or in turn Eddie Kingston because I believe we're building up for Moxley, Kenny Omega 2 in America and I think it might be Kenny's time to be the AEW World Heavyweight Champion. Uh, Moxley and Archer are announced for the 14th of October. Tonight's show will feature best friends versus Satana Ortiz in the parking lot, FTR versus Jurassic Express non-title, Thunder Rosa versus Ivelisse for the NWA World's uh, Women's World title, which is big because now that title's being defended here. Ivelisse is not going to win this title, but it's a big-time match. Jericho and Hager versus Private Party, Hangman Page versus Kazarian, uh, all good stuff this week. Main event, the TNA Championship match, Mr. Brody Lee uh, with uh, John Silver, who I believe is number four, versus Dustin Rhodes. Um, he beat him. This match was ugly. But it was good ugly. It was brawling ugly. Two big dudes beating the hell out of each other. Um, just so good. Love this here. Uh, at one point, they did kill QT Marshall, which I'm always, always for that. Um, there's a moment where Lee tries to, where um, Silver tries to interfere, but Dustin takes him out. Dustin was believable as the challenger. I never fell for a near fall, but it was believable. He did hit a pile driver, which was the closest he came. Um, but Lee eventually hit him with the discus lariat and laid him out. Uh, Dark Order came up after the match. 
They dragged in Hugh Marshall's body. Um, Mr. Bernie Lee kicked out Cole Cabana again because they lost it all out. Wasn't going to deal with them. They kicked Dustin Lowe, and then we are watching Cody plug some reality talent show on TBS. That's a very WCW thing to do. But in general, this was a pretty decent episode of AEW. Pretty decent follow-up. A lot of fun. Um, no real complaints here, except the ones I've already had. Let's talk about SmackDown notes real quick before we go in the break. Um, I only wrote down, I got five things to talk about here, SmackDown, although one of them is not exactly SmackDown. Um, on SmackDown, Bailey explained herself, why she attacked Sasha Banks, and it was the reason we all expected the whole time. Sasha used me to get to the titles. Sasha was always going to turn on me at some point. I got to her before she got to me. I'm tired of living in Sasha's shadow. Now she has to live in mine. This is great Bailey heel work, and I cannot believe I'm saying that you know, where we were two years ago, we all wanted Bailey to destroy Sasha, but still be the baby face. But Bailey as a heel, Bailey as a heel, side ponytail and wacky waving inflatable arm flailing tube man, Bailey is the best heel I think in the entire company, and the only one close right now I believe is Roman Reigns. So, great job on Bailey. Nikki Cross became the number one contender. She beat Alexa, Tamina, and Lacey. No Naomi in this match. No Natalia in this match. No Dana Brooke, although, come on now. Dana Brooke is way far behind those two. But she's above Tamina. But Nikki Cross won that uh, match, pinning Tamina. One thing to, a note, uh, to note is that at some point during the match, Alexa Bliss disappeared after she hit Nikki Cross with the sister Abigail. Definitely falling more and more into that Bray Wyatt fiend trap. Mandy Rose got drafted to Raw as part of the Miz's influence. I don't think she'll be there long, or maybe she will. I'm not entirely sure. There's a draft coming up soon, I believe. But um, essentially to make Otis distracted so that he can lose his contract, she got drafted to Raw. So... We'll see how the storyline goes there. The Fiend introduced a new member of the Funhouse. We all expected it to be Alexa Bliss in some kind of Sister Abigail role or just a new friend for the Funhouse. But no, uh, it was supposed to be uh, Petey the Persevering Parrot, but he didn't poke air holes in Petey's box, and so he died, and I believe Mercy the Buzzard ate him. Maybe that didn't happen, but it really should have. But then the boss came in. And he brought in the new advisor to the Funhouse, which is Wobbly uh, E. Walrus. That's how I'm choosing to pronounce it. It's a Paul Heyman Walrus character. I don't know. God, where we were a year ago with The Fiend and where we are now is so much different. I don't know. I kind of hate that. Um, I guess we'll see. And the last thing to talk about for the break is the Mandalorian season three trailer or season two trailer came out with a very familiar face, which considering the Mandalorian has no face, this is very funny joke. Um, Sasha Banks is playing a hooded character, maybe in one episode, maybe in more. Uh, what's really intriguing is that she appears just as they say the word Jedi. Could Sasha Banks be a Jedi? Yes, I certainly hope so, because as we know from the official Disney canon right now, several Jedi did survive Order 66 um, and never actually returned to um, the temple, never actually returned to prominence, even until the Empire went away. Now, here's, here's my theory on Sasha Banks. She's a Padawan. 
She's being trained. She's definitely force sensitive. She's being trained to be a Jedi, but not a light side Jedi, not a dark side Jedi, and not actually a gray Jedi. And I'll get into that. But I believe she is a Padawan to master Ahsoka Tano. I would love for that to be where this storyline is going. It would be beautiful. I have no basis for that whatsoever. I can't say for sure. Yeah, here's here's a bunch of comics and book reasons why that's true. I got nothing. It's just a gut feeling and a wish list. Okay, we're going to head into the break. We'll be back in just a couple minutes, and we will talk about Impact from November the 23rd, Thanksgiving of 2006. Hi, friends. I'm your HBIC, the Kate Murphy. Are you tired, run down, listless? Do you poop out of parties? Are you unpopular? The answer to all your problems is right on your smartphone. Kings of the Rings podcast. Kings of the Rings podcast contains everything happening on WWE, NXT, Impact Wrestling, New Japan, AEW, brought to you by King Ricky Rosé, our founder, Willie T, and me. So why don't you join the thousands of happy peppy people and get a great big helping of Kings of the Rings podcast today. I'll tell you what you have to do. You have to pick up your phone, choose your favorite streaming app, subscribe to Russell Addict Radio, and press play. That's Kings of the Rings podcast here on Russell Addict Radio, the cure for the common wrestling podcast. Do you guys like the randomness of just random questions as well as random jokes that only one person would get? I know I do. Do you like random random video game and Simpsons references that only one person would get? I know I do. <laughs> hey, I'm Nate. I'm Fretz. And listening into the Game Changer podcast is probably your cup of tea, where we talk about things wrestling. And some things not wrestling. Wait, wait, I thought it was only purely wrestling. Dude, you know me. I often break out in random references. We talked about this. I do, I did not agree to talk about this. What are you yeah, talking yeah, yeah, about? Yes, we, you yes, know, we you did. You do this every single time, and every single uh, time. Damn it, we only got 15 more seconds. Up, up. Oh, be sure to listen in to our episodes every single week on Wrestle Attic Radio. The cure for the common wrestling podcast. Or not so much. But, come on, bro! What do you want me to do? I'm an American! I apologize for the voices I'm about to do here. Impact! 2006, November 23rd, that would be Thanksgiving. Uh, recap of Genesis. Tonight, the face of TNA management will be played by the crocodile hunter... Steve Irwin, I apologize for the voice I'm about to do. At uh, at the Genesis show, Steve Irwin says, Oi, LAX, you got to give those titles back. I apologize for that so much. Uh, Abyss won the NWA title on a disqualification, and apparently Joe versus Angle tore the house down. If you want to know my full review of Genesis, be sure to check out the Russell Attic Radio Patreon this Friday, where it will be dropping a new episode of the PPV Delight. And, uh, yeah, it's a, it's a hell of a show. Hoofa. It is a hell of a show. NWA World's Heavyweight Champion Abyss, that's a weird sentence, comes out to the ring with Father James Mitchell. Mitchell gets on the mic, says he is the proud father of the champ, says Sting is a sinner just like the rest of us, and this prompts Sting to come out. His music hits, he runs down to the ring, uh, he attacks Abyss with a bat and then pulls off his face, and it's in fact Christian Cage. It says, well, he calls Abyss the R word, which was not kosher in 2006, and it's definitely not kosher now. Uh, he challenges Sting for a. He challenges Sting for Sting's guaranteed rematch for the title. Sting descends from the rafters. I'm not going to flip out about it. It's just going to happen now. 
uh, on the announce desk. He accepts the match for later on tonight. AJ Styles and Chris Daniels versus the Naturals. Um, they say as AJ and, and Daniels are coming out that this is in fact their last match together as a tag team. Then they go to commercial. Um, going into commercial, Angle arrives backstage in his car. That's all it was. And coming back, there's a video promo for Serotonin. I like serotonin. I don't get a lot of it anymore. I would like some more. So thank you, TNA, for bringing serotonin. Uh, I believe this is a new flock type group. This is the magic ma- uh, magic ma- mat, Matt Marvel, Marvel Matt. I don't know. Uh, Johnny Divine and Kazarian, the, what they've been pr- plugging. This match goes two minutes and 41 seconds. Excuse me, two minutes, 44 seconds. AJ gets dumped immediately. Daniels gets double teamed. AJ makes the save. Um, they hit a Pele kick and a BME on the dark-haired natural for the win. Rhino and the X Division come down to congratulate AJ and Daniels to to give them praise on their last match together. And for some reason, this pisses AJ Styles off. And I I couldn't just tell you why. Eric Young is running around in a turkey suit. That's when I realized, oh, this is the Thanksgiving episode. VKM segment number one, the Voodoo Kin Mafia. They are in a hotel basement in Stamford, Connecticut, apparently for some reason, and I didn't get the reason. They they just talked, and it, that that's all we got there. Here we go. Steve Irwin brings out Petey Williams. And actually here, I've changed it from Steve Irwin to Voldemort. And I like that better. I can stop doing the voice. Voldemort. The face of TNA management brings out Petey Williams to thank him for trying to stop LAX. They decide to raise old glory and they start playing the national anthem, but then LAX's music starts playing over it. A couple years later, Fit Finley would be fired in WWE for putting a segment like this together. But in TNA, it's okay, I guess. LAX comes out, they bring out a lawyer, said they're going to sue TNA for violating their First Amendment rights, and they're going to use the system TNA put in place against them. While they are peacefully saying this, Petey Williams punches uh, Homicide in the face, they fight back, and and then uh, the Rednecks AMW rundown, they fight back, they, I mean, Conan, Uranagi's Gail Kim as hard as he can and leaves her laying. That's that's no good. Um, but eventually LAX kills AMW, and then Kurt Angle comes out and kills all of LAX on his own. Then Samoa Joe's music hits, and this has been one four-minute segment. I want to break that down um, through 2020 eyes, because through 2006 eyes, um, Voldemort, P.D. Williams, AMW, and Angle are the good guys, and LAX is the bad guys. But let's look at it from a 2020 point of view. Voldemort and Petey Williams do not want the flag to be burned. And that is a fine opinion to have. If that's what you believe, fine. However, they have assaulted a group of people of color in order to keep them from burning the flag, preventing them from expressing their First Amendment rights. LAX says, well, you can't do that. We're going to sue you because according to your rules, we are allowed to do that. This is our peaceful way of taking care of things. While they are peacefully protesting teenage treatment of them and their violation of rights, Petey Williams attacks them and and tries to, <coughs> excuse me, uh, and tries to take them out. When they fight back, another group of, of white guys run in and attack them. When they fight back again, another white dude comes out and this time, takes them all out by himself. Now, 
I the one thing I will say that I did not care for that Elliot or that uh, Elliot, yeah Elliot did was how violent they got towards Gale. But aside from that, the, through twenty twenty eyes, this this is a rough segment to watch. After the commercials, Mojo Joe is in the ring with Kurt Angle. He is giving him all the respect in the world. You're the only man that's beaten me. You're a champion wherever you go. You're an Olympic hero. But that was one night, and I can beat you. He asked for a rematch at Turning Point. Angle says, tell you what, you want this rematch at Turning Point? Here's the deal. Nothing happens to me on your watch. Nothing happens to you on my watch. We have each other's back. And at Turning Point, we'll go again. Joe nods. They shake hands. And the match is set. As long as they keep each other safe, then they will get a match, a rematch turning point. Sorry, my brain just went uh, sideways for a second there. VKM segment number two. Uh, they say that they are on their way to the target, the WWE headquarters, to take on Paul Levesque, Michael Hickenbottom, and Vincent Kennedy McMahon. As Beachy is talking, the uh, the best part of this whole setup between these two uh, is this. The uh, BG's talking and the GPS. You remember GPSs that used to suction to your your uh, windshield? That's what happened here. Uh, the GPS goes up ahead, take a right turn, and BG's goes shut up to the GPS system. That is that is beautiful comedy right there. That was purely just an ad lib. But they approach the target. Kip gets out of the car. He runs. He throws a brick at a target, like the store. And BG goes, I said, we're going to the target, not target. You get it? Because it's a target. The really funny part is how they were saying they were tired of DX putting on these stupid skits. And then they put on a stupid skit. Jesus. Uh, JB plugs the upcoming shows in Mexico. Bobby Roode is in the ring. He insults Eric Young. Says that you couldn't beat me unless you cheated. Now you're running around here in a turkey suit. Get in this ring right now. We're going to have a match. EY gets in the ring. They have a match. It goes 1 minute 38 seconds. It is 95 seconds of Bobby Roode destroying Eric Young. And then Eric Young reverses the pile driver into a roll-up and wins. Jeez. Uh, He's still in the turkey suit at this point. I mean, he didn't even take off the freaking turkey suit. He just he just beat Robert Roode. He's just a better wrestler. And granted, right now he is still fifth, uh, fourteen years later the Impact World Heavyweight Champion. That's that's true. But come on, uh, Bobby Roode verbally assaults. Uh, it looks like I wrote Trump. I wrote Tracy, but my handwriting is terrible. He verbally assaults Tracy Brooks because he lost, and the people hate him. Yeah, we get a paparazzi video clip of Nash announcing the Paparazzi Challenge Series to rebuild the X Division. Uh, he said that there will be drug tests and if any of you are on illicit substances, you will be out of here. Um, Sanjay Dutt refuses to take a piss test, which tells me, above all, Sanjay Dutt's on drugs. Um, but okay, whatever. Then he makes everybody hold hands. He wants them to sing Kumbaya. Lethal and Dutt walk out on the group. These are are just terrible. Your main event, Sting versus Christian, number one contendership match. This one goes five minutes, 53 seconds with no real finish. Um, Sting, uh, Christian Cage comes out and like and the best part of the whole match, like out of a 
beautiful horror movie shot. Christian comes through the tube. He's walking down the ring, and right behind him, almost silently, Sting is walking two steps behind. And Christian has no idea until they get to ringside. Then Sting attacks him. They brawl at ringside. It looks like Sting's the heel here, but he's clearly the babyface. Um, he tries to throw Christian into the guardrail, but Christian's ring jacket is tied up around Christian's feet. And so when he goes, uh, Christian just topples over. They go to commercial pretty quick after that. After the commercial, hey, Christian's in control of the match. Uh, he next Sting on the top rope. He beats him down for a while, and then Sting stings up. Now, think about how Hulk Hogan hulks up. You punch him in the face, he shakes his head. You punch him again, he shakes his head a little harder. He punches his head, he shakes a little harder. He points you, and then he takes you out. Sting doesn't sting up like that. When Sting stings up, he just stops selling. He gets punched, and he just stands there. He gets punched, he stands there, and then he flexes. Rah! And then he does the same combo every time. It's a close. Well, great, it's so good. It's a clothesline, a back body drop, an atomic drop. He will whip you into the corner. You'll get a stinger splash. Now, he hit the stinger splash on Christian, just like he said he was going to. Um, he goes for a second when Christian pulls the ref in the way. The ref gets bumped. The ref goes down. Um, Christian goes for the unprettier. Stinger reverses that into the Scorpion Death Drop. Then he locks in the Scorpion, Scorpion Death Lock, but there's no ref there to, to record the tap out. And then a huge hooded man jumps out of the crowd and beats down Sting. It's Tomko. Uh, we have the beginnings of the Christian Coalition coming together right here. They beat down Sting for a while, hit a torture rack bomb as the show fades into the recap video of the episode. And that is how the follow-up show from Genesis goes off the air. How was this match in comparison to other uh, this show in other TNAs? This one's not terrible. Um, decent main event. Yes, a lot of you know the the LAX segment is fascinating in hindsight. I don't need the Nash stuff. It's not a very good show, but it's better than the ones we have been watching. That's gonna bring us to the end of the Delight Show. My name is the Monday Night Delight. Thank you so much for being a part of the show with me here. Be sure to check me out at MN underscore Delight on Twitter at MN Delight on TikTok. Um, also make sure you check out all of our shows at Attic underscore Wrestle. We've got the Young Lions Perspective, the Kings of the Rings podcast, uh, and the Game Changer podcast. If you want to hear my pay-per-view uh, recap of of uh, G- Genesis, which is does include Sting losing his title on a disqualification, my God, um, be sure to check that out. And also, you want to make sure you check out the Rant Foundation, new episode up today. Um, always want to pay tribute to those guys. They are, they did amazing for this show and I love them so much. Um, but check them out as well. After you listen to this one, we will be back next week with more impact, more AEW. Uh, think about watching this week's or next week's impact before we do the delight show next week. Maybe talk about some new impact to go along with our old impact. But until then, we'll see you then. Check us out on patreon.com slash radio. If you want to hear my Genesis review, and I will see you next time. Bye-bye.